It's been a busy few days for Kansas basketball. Let's see, since last Thursday, the program has delivered its response to the NCAA's notice of allegations, won the Big 12 championship, had Yudoka Azubuki named Conference Player of the Year by the coaches, and is now on the verge of its most anticipated postseason in a few years. And we talk all about it on Sports BKC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast, with columnists Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff, and it is Monday, March 9th. March Madness has started, and it begins here with Sam and Vahe. Since the last time we talked, this has happened uh, with Kansas basketball. They have uh, responded to the NCAA, forcefully <laughs> responded yeah, to the NCAA. Sure uh, the Jayhawks went down to Lubbock and beat Texas Tech to finish the regular season 17-1 and and win the Big 12 by two games when it looked like they would be – when they were chasing Baylor all year long. Uh, Yudoka Azubuki was named Big 12 Player of the Year by the coaches, and we're still waiting to hear the uh, the writers, uh, the media – AP uh, voting for for that award. So it's been kind of an active few days in the world of Kansas basketball. Let's let's go back since uh, Jesse and I talked about this last week, but I, let me get your thoughts quickly on on um, the NCAA, the response to the NCAA's uh, notice of allegations. Uh, it is. Uh, it was a, it was only three hundred seven pages worth of a response. I thought um, you know, they, so, so poor Jesse Newell had to write the story on Thursday. Gets it about seven o'clock, and our deadline's getting earlier and earlier. Seven oh one. Yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't have a lot of time to digest, but but then he got the story up, and then he followed it up with some really good stuff. And um, I, I was I, there was there wasn't anything in there that surprised me in terms of the Kansas attitude toward. The NCAA, it's just that this is just a little different approach than what we see most schools take when well, it comes to NCAA allegations. Yeah, and I don't know if this is what you're referring to directly, and I don't know if this had anything to do with Kansas's tact here or whatever, but Missouri kind of showed that cooperation is maybe not, not as fruitful as it used <laughs> yeah. to be, yeah. you know, that, that you can cooperate and then just get punched in the face even harder. So, you know, Kansas sent in a 307-page, basically written version of... <laughs> I, mean, just, <laughs> we got, I think we have to beep, but yeah, we can beep it. just <laughs> grabbing their you-know-what and just saying, like, well, come on with it then, you know? If, if you think this is what you got, then then let's, let's dance, you know? And I don't think it's going to be... I'm, I'm expecting Kansas to get some pretty heavy sanctions, um, but you know maybe they say screw it. If we're going down, let's go down our way. I I believe I read in the Kansas City Star that this was the this was going from giving the middle finger to I think steel cage death match. Yeah. Or I can't remember how <laughs> yeah, one basically. columnist might have phrased that, but I but I thought that that really spoke to it. I mean, yeah. it, there was there was no doubt left that they were going to be defiant, but this was. This was even above and beyond what I expected. I think yeah. I haven't digested all 307 pages. I've uh, luckily had really good writers to to read <laughs> on that. You and Jesse. Um, so, and, and I I like your point about the Missouri thing. Blair brought it up to me the other day too, and it really is an interesting contrast. And I don't know how much it informed the way KU did it, but you have to think that's in the back back of their mind. Like, well, okay, being contrite and uh, throwing yourselves at their feet yeah. at their feet doesn't seem to be the way to go. And maybe KU would have done it this way anyway. 
other schools have tried that besides Missouri to, right. you know, spirit of cooperation, clean, you know, self-imposed penalties. I mean, that had been the culture for a long time. Is it if, if you bring yourself to us yeah. and tell us what you've done, we will be... And, and it's shown leniency. Yeah. And it's worked. Yeah. Sometimes it's worked. I don't know when that stopped. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Well, certainly the, the, um, the NCAA has evolved over the years in terms of its... Uh, enforcement staff and, um, and, and you know, we, we're just, I don't know what period or mood the NCAA is in now, but there was a period of, you know, they, they were, they were kind of lenient with, with, um, with schools. I can remember famously Southern Cal football took the approach that Kansas is now taking, basically saying, mm. you know, the heck with you guys where we were right and you're wrong. And Mike Garrett, our the old chiefs running back was the athletic director at USC and the uh, NCAA hammered Southern Cal for for that. And this is Reggie Bush. Yes. You know. Yeah. And and um, and noted that part of the their you know the the lack of cooperation from Southern Cal at the time was was noted. Yeah. So we're in a different world, different era, but it's uh, it was just like I said, noticeable that Kansas came with you know, guns blazing on, sure on, on this thing. Let me ask this question, and maybe it, it's something, it's a nuance of this that I haven't really thought through or had a chance to absorb, but Kansas is obviously going to put up its dukes, putting up its dukes. Is Kansas also not cooperating? Is that the same thing? That's a good question. Uh-huh. I um, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, I, I don't, to, I think... I think Kansas has said through its response that they, this is this is our hand. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there hasn't been anything said that makes me think they're not cooperating. Right. You know, um, <laughs> they're not cooperating with a smile. <laughs> right. But it is an interesting <laughs> but, distinction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and again, I, I apologize for not being better versed in the the nuances of it. But it's it's interesting to to wonder how that might fit into this. Like, okay, you're putting up a fight. Maybe that's perceived differently than saying, you know, we're, we're we're not helping you, we're not working with you. Well, and the co- cooperation would have been with the FBI and not the NCAA, since well, it's the FBI's case against right. Kansas, and they handed it over to the that's NCAA. True. Um, you know, just in just in the last couple of weeks, Georgia Tech put itself uh, took itself out of the ACC tournament uh, because of uh, part they're caught up in this. They took themselves out of the ACC tournament. And, um, and and self-imposed other other measures, other penalties. So I don't. It doesn't sound like Kansas is interested in self-imposing. Yeah. And I don't know if that'll be an option. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. The timeline is such that um, Kansas will get through the this year's NCAA tournament, and weeks, maybe months, will pass, and um, and likely to have. A decision, I think, in July or August. But we thought that of Missouri too. Remember yeah, last year yeah. that dragged on until on and November, yeah. and even even putting into doubt whether if they were bowl eligible, if they became bowl eligible, would they, you know, would there still be doubt about what yeah. you know, the appeal at the time? By the way, you use the term self-imposed, and I can't help but think of the context here. I mean, I just keep thinking, yeah, that self-imposing himself on this whole thing. I mean, that, that's what I take away from that when I think of that term now. The, the other thing I thought about when you said, like, about Georgia Tech, I'm like, Kansas should, like, metaphorically take themselves out of the Big 12 tournament. <laughs> but that's, not, that's, that's, right, that's a that. different issue. That's a whole different issue that maybe we'll talk about later. Yeah, that we'll get to. Um, so, uh, as... 
as has become uh, obvious, this this whole thing has been a huge distraction for this Kansas basketball team. <laughs> yeah, really that, some, <laughs> that just somehow uh, finds a way to win every game. Uh, they, they, it, it has been an amazing season for KU. Twenty eight and three in uh, overall. 17-1 and one in Big 12 play, which is the best record, not the best record, but the most wins ever for a, uh, for a conference school. Baylor finished 15-3, and three, and that was the most wins for a team to not win uh, the Big 12. So they wrap up the regular season by going to Lubbock and playing a game that I think has become kind of typical of Kansas, uh, grind it out, play terrific defense, mm-hmm. score enough, uh, use – you know, use the talent that other other teams don't have, namely Azubuki in yeah. the middle. But he finished with fifteen and ten, I think, and uh, and just uh, you know, you know, beat a a team that I think is heading to the NCAA tournament. Tech may be closer to the bubble now than they've been in a few weeks, but still, this has been a pretty impressive Kansas team season, even with you know the the, the, the specter of NCAA trouble looming over them. Yeah, no, they've been incredible. They, they didn't have, you know, the, over the years you can get used to like the KU rhythm of a season where they have the, the, the dip in December where people lose their minds and, you know, oh, the season's over and then they come back and, the, and they are number one seed. But they never had that. They lost to Villanova by a point when they kind of blew it at the end. They lost to Duke by what, two? Duke in the opener. And, right. then, and then Baylor smacked them. Uh, right, at, early in the Big 12 season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, literally flawless. Never, never the back-to-back losses, right? Yeah, so, right. Like, that's oh. the late January, early February yeah. thing. No, you know, or the, yeah, yeah the, the the eye opener. How, how did they lose at Stillwater? Yeah. How did they lose yeah. at Fort Worth? And, sort and, of thing. Um, with against the best schedule, the nation's best schedule, they're twenty-eight and three. Um, you know, I don't think the Big Twelve is like really great this year at all. But still, seventeen and one. You kidding me? And and I really think. Um, this is a distinction. I, I hope it makes sense. I don't think this is Bill Self's best team um, that he's had, but I think it might be his best chance at a championship, at least since you know oh eight. Just relative to the rest of college basketball, they are the best team. And I also think the the specific strengths that stuff will travel. That stuff will will play through some nerves. You you can get through a Sweet Sixteen game or whatever when you just defend like a mother, like they do, and and they can put on the floor. You know, Devon Dotson didn't make the All Defense team, right? But he led the league in, in steals. steals. Um, had more than Garrett, than Marcus Garrett. Yeah, and, and Marcus Garrett did win Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. And if Marcus Garrett didn't exist, I think Azubuke would have won Defensive Player ooh, of the Year. Ooh. And I think Ochai Abaji is a long athlete, good defender, all that. I mean, they, they are all over the board, can just smother you. I think they can get through some games where maybe some nerves w- would have otherwise caught up with you. You guys saw these these teams all along much closer up. I, I wonder where this team rates defensively among Bill's teams at Kansas. Just defensively, I mean, it has to be one of the top two or three. I think it is. They've had some really good ones. That that team that went to the Final Four and 12 was really good with Robinson and Withy. You know, and, right, and right Travis Relaford was there. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. He was their, their Marcus Garrett of yep. that team. Yep. Always put him on the better uh, perimeter offensive player. Yeah, and Tyshawn Taylor. Was, was um, a long-arm guard yep. who... You know, operated. You know, he, he was their point guard. He and Elijah Johnson were their point guards, but they weren't point guards. I mean, they just no, right, they, yeah. they just uh, two combo guards, right? Combo guards who who were good defensive players, and that was a um, un, unlike the 2018 team that got to the Final Four with shooters and a lot yeah. of great offense, right? Uh, yeah. uh, Devontae Graham and Mikhailuk and, and um, uh, Newman, 
uh, Malik Newman, who was the MVP of the regional that year. No, this this team two years later, and and that does speak to Bill Self's incredible capacity to adapt, adjust, yeah. even not just from season to season, but within a season. Right. You know, playing David McCormick as much as he was early on, he really wanted to play two bigs, and. Jesse, we keep referring to Jesse. I think he made a great point a few weeks ago. The that benches clearing brawl against Kansas State, in which McCormick got a two game suspension, put him on the bench, and forced Bill Self to play four guards. Yeah, you know, and changed sort of a little bit of the dynamic of the team. Then that's what he's been going with since, and it has worked out. That is such a Bill Self thing, too. By the way, like I mean, this really <laughs> ugly, you know. <laughs> Uh, some teams would have just kind of folded. It turns out to be a good thing for him. You know what I mean? Like right. this FBI investigation, they're just going to give him an extra, you know, like you actually won the Big 12 last year. We, that was what our investigation was, you know. Somehow it'll work out, it feels like. You know, it is totally par for the course, though. I, I think it, you're, you're on it, and I think that's sort of part of the theme of the season and, and something we've been talking about and thinking about is how much fuel he gets from these sort of things. Like that is a classic swing right there it's crazy you know and you know what's wrong with this team and and the chaos all around them and and now they're better than ever yeah uh so as Ibuki was named big 12 player of the year that's a discussion that we can have too i he is the player no one else has yeah. i mean he is unique he um he, you know he's going to lead the nation and maybe set an ncaa record for field goal percentage in a career at somewhere around 75 percent but it's because all of his shots come within three feet of the basket, sure. and he and he dunks most of them. Um, but it, it, is he? Should he be the the best? Should he be deemed the best player in the conference? I think I think so. I, I don't I don't I don't see what um, what point eclipses the point you made first, which is that he's the guy nobody else has. He, he is unique for sure. Um, but I, I think to me, <clears throat> you. It's either he or, he or Devon Dodson, um, and I don't know. Kansas is is certainly less when either one of those guys is off the floor. But I go back to the Kansas State game a couple of weeks ago when when Azubuki hurt his ankle and, and missed a lot of that game, and Devon Dodson basically won that game by himself. Yeah, I, if if I was a coach, I would have voted for Dodson. Um, you know, but it, it, it's a different thing of like what I would have done versus like, do I have a problem with a certain thing? Like, Azu, you, you can make a great case for Azubuke. Um, you know, I mean, he, he controls three feet around the basket on both ends, really. Um, it's kind of funny, like one of the worst shooters in recent college basketball history is going to lead the, <laughs> the all-time field goal percentage leader, you know. Uh, but he, he's just different. And he also, uh, you know, his rebounding numbers, he's averaging a double-double, but um, you know, he gets rebounds that sometimes there's there's garbage rebounds. Sometimes a guy can average eight or nine rebounds, and he's just kind of getting loose balls or whatever. Azubuke gets rebounds that other guys, mm. you know, just can't get. But I just maybe I have a positional bias on this, but I, I just I feel like Doke is a little he, he's dependent on you know the screen the the play call so he can roll and get the alley oop. He's dependent on you know people getting him the ball. Devon Dotson's the one that makes it go. And that K State game, you know, really was convincing for me. Um, I, I just think he's their best player. I mean, Doke is like super unique. Um, but I would have given I would have voted for Dotson, but it's not like 
Azubuke hadn't earned it, you know. He, he had a great finish too. He did. What a great finish! And you, 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 you brought up case. Yeah. You, you brought up Azubuke's rebounding. I think that's really improved. When he was a freshman, um, he wasn't getting boards. That he was getting out rebounded by guys that were smaller yeah. than he was. And that was like a problem. So what, how's how is a seven footer not getting yeah. getting more boards? I, and I think that's come with his slim down body and mm-hmm. his stamina has improved so much. And now he just is a. Um, I think he's turned himself into a. I, I'm not an NBA draft person. I, I just don't know. I, I let let others, you know, create those mock drafts. But I, I think he's turned himself into a useful NBA player. Sure. Yeah, you know, I agree. With not that. not going to be an All Star, maybe not a starter, but I think he'll he'll have a nice long NBA career just based on what we've seen this year. So how, how measurably different? I mean, we know his body looks quite a lot different than when he arrived. How do you, do you guys know the measurement offhand? I mean, how much, how many pounds? What, what I mean, it's just it's just a almost looks like a different body type in some ways. Yeah. I mean, I've heard anywhere from like 20 to 50 pounds. Yeah. Difference. yeah. I, I don't know what where the truth is yeah. in that, but I know that he he does look it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but more than that, he's just he's more explosive. He, he's not yeah. quick. He's not like a, you know, quick agile guy. Um, but he is definitely more explosive, um, and 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 on both ends, you know, um, going for blocks and grabbing lobs and everything. And and he's also, um, I don't know how many minutes he's averaging. It's over thirty, right? And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's over thirty, but but it's twice as much as what he was when yeah. he was starting as a younger player. And and he would not just be guess. capable of playing thirty Big Twelve minutes. As a freshman, he just wasn't in that kind of physical shape when he was 16 years old. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, what a jump! <laughs> when he was a sophomore in high school, <laughs> that's a great caveat to drop in there. Yeah. All right, let's take a break, and uh, we will continue with some. We'll expand it to some Big 12 talk when we get back. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Back with Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger. We're talking college basketball, and it's Big 12 Tournament Week. Hell yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to think. The first year that the tournament was at Sprint Center, I want to say was the 08 season. I mean, the year Kansas went on to win the national championship. Um, it had been in Oklahoma City and Dallas for about the five years before that, or some kind of combination of, uh, of years. Actually, went back to Oklahoma City for one year. Missouri ended up winning it the next, like in 09, right? The Damari Carroll team yeah, won yeah. it in 09. And then it's been in Sprint Center permanently. Uh, since 2010, so more than a decade, and I think we can agree it's the best place for the for the Big 12 tournament. Did you, did, did you guys ever cover one of those Dallas or Oklahoma City events? I covered uh, Oklahoma City. I think was it? Uh, it must have been that year. It was a Mike Anderson year. Was that when the women's tournament was there too? Yeah, across it was. the street basically, mm-hmm. and it just felt off kilter. I mean, 
it was neat. I'm sure there was a sense of uh, uh, just freshness to it from being there. But this, I, I mean, even when I was in St. Louis, this was always home for that tournament. You just knew it. It just, yeah. it was the right, the right vibe, the right fit. And I this really, building's been perfect for it, right? It's a great building. Yeah. Really I really is. like Oklahoma City. Um, I do too. It yeah. is a place for, for events like that. But <clears throat> it seems like Kansas City is Oklahoma City, but bigger and more convenient. Uh, you know, there, there's no distance between um, the arena and what, what is it, Bricktown? Is that right. What call it? Right. You know, I mean, it's just you go across Grand, mm-hmm. which they even shut off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the, yeah. Right. yeah. Right. right. You know, and it's just, um, I think the crowds are louder. I don't know if the crowds are going to be louder this, this week. Um, but I think in general, the crowds are louder. It, it's just, I think it's by far the, it seems to be not just consensus, but unanimous, right? It is. They're, they're, um, the Big 12 goes through a bidding process to continue to award the event to Kansas City. And they go through a bidding process um, because they, they're obligated to do that. To uh, And, and they're, um, you know, the Big 12 is looking for good deals as well. They, yeah. I don't think they want any any one city to be so comfortable but anyway it, it's it's the most obvious place hey i go back to the whole idea of sprint center was you know the sprint center exists because camper arena wasn't uh, wasn't good enough and that's why the tournament left kansas city to go to, to try out dallas yeah. oklahoma city and, and kansas city responded with a you know with a 300 million dollar building and a you know another you know half a billion dollar entertainment district across the street it changed it really did change the face of downtown and i i i'm probably it's too much of a stretch to say this but i think it's because of college basketball kansas city was going to lose the big 12 tournament and so k barnes and other city officials realized how much of a how much you know economic driver it was so let's build a new arena. Let's pass the taxes, you know, car rental tax and whatnot. Let's just build a new arena. And the, the Power and Light District followed that. And, you know, it's, we have a new downtown because of it, which is, which is fantastic. And not only do we have a new downtown because of that, we have Sprint Center uh, attracts other events. And we, we have NCAA events for we've had re- not wrestling, volleyball um, you know, national figure skating, yeah, gymnastics, gymnastics here. Anyway, well, that's another show. We can talk about Sprint Center another time. But um, it is a little different, as you said, Sam. This there might not be the it might not be the number of fans here this week with uh, with the uh, coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of like that. That's one of that's one of the yeah. factors. Also, Iowa State and Kansas State not being as good in totally. men's basketball. Yeah, the and I don't know how you rank them, but coronavirus may end up being number one for people avoiding crowds and everything. But yeah, I mean, it, it was always look like the the Big Twelve tournament. It's still great. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as great as it was when Mizzou was part of it. It's just it's just flat not. And there are years where K State and Iowa State make up for that, um, but this is. Hella not that year. <laughs> nope. And, nope. And, and, and Kansas, um, you know, sort of the de facto home team, really, um, at, at the Sprint Center. And, you know, they, they won the league pretty convincingly. And I just, I don't know how much they care <laughs> this week. And how much should they care? I, mean, I don't it's... think they should. I think if they win the tournament, I think something went wrong. <laughs> I really do. Listen, Jesse, again, to refer to Jesse, to tip our cap, I mean, he wrote about this in a pretty yeah. interesting way the other day. I mean, and to the point where, I, I, if I recall correctly, he, he asked Bill about, about the need to kind of bring down the minutes, if nothing else. And Bill wouldn't quite 
you know, show his hand. Um, and Jesse had a great anecdote in there about uh, an exhibition tour where yeah. Bill's like, it doesn't matter if we win. And then he's like getting a technical foul. Get thrown out of doesn't game, even know what language he's speaking. Right. Um, so Bill maybe can't help himself. But I do think Bill will be, he certainly has demonstrated he's cognizant of the upside of that. Now, the real question is, what is at stake? Nothing. Nothing. Right? Absolutely. I mean, nothing. they have not just virtually nothing, nothing, really nothing. No, yeah, they, they literally nothing. They're going to be the overall number one seed for the NCAA tournament. And they, even if they even if they lost in the first game and fell to the two uh, overall number two, the overall number one would then be Gonzaga, and they're going to they're going to be in the West. So yeah. it's the one, you know, a region that Kansas wouldn't you know. Uh, w- wouldn't play in. So I think they could literally stay in Lawrence and no show the tournament, and they'd be number one overall. <laughs> they have, I think. I think they've. <laughs> I think they've earned it. it really Self quarantine. That's right. Just, <laughs> hey, thank you. I, I was going to do that if you did. <laughs> so, well, so, but go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, is is that the right approach? You know, um, Kansas has won eleven of the twenty three Big Twelve tournaments. Uh, they lost in the championship game last year to Iowa State. Uh, nobody remembers that, but I remember. I remember because it was Iowa State. Iowa State is always the the, be, the very best atmosphere games at Sprint Center have been Kansas Iowa State, yep, right? That's true. And except that, remember that KUK State final one year, uh, pulling that that team that was a lot of fun as well. But look, um, Kansas is you know it, it's it kind of runs contrary to your competitive nature to mm-hmm. you know. To, to be less than what you are, and that's what we're talking yeah. about here. Yeah. I think if Bill if Bill had his way, Christian Nenaruna would play a lot of minutes this week. Yeah. You know, and um, and maybe uh, Christian Braun would play, Brown would play yeah. a lot of minutes this week, and and, uh, and and maybe Garrett with his foot ankle, and and Devon Dodson with his hip, and Azubuki with his ankle would um, would not play as many minutes. What if you did this? What if you sat? Dotson, Garrett, Azabuke, not just your three best players, but those three guys have been carrying or have recently been through some sort of injury. What if you just sat those guys on Thursday and you figure if we can't beat whoever it's going to be without these guys, then screw it. Then we're okay. And then instead of three games in three days, you're looking at, you know, just a back to back, which is a little bit more palatable. Self, there's no chance Self will do this, but I just wonder if there, you know, that might be a way. Because I, I don't believe, I agree with what, what Newell wrote. I don't believe that Self can go into a game and just say, I'm only going to play these guys 20, 25 minutes. I think if that happens, those guys play 30, 35 minutes. You know, I just don't think he's capable of, of limiting that once, once, the, once the bullets start flying. Let me flip that on you and think about it this way. It, it's, it's, it, I would never have thought of what you just said, and, and it won't happen, but it's interesting to think about. What if you played them Thursday and theoretically tried to hold the minutes back but wouldn't play them Friday? Yeah. That way you're not playing back-to-back games yeah. on back-to-back days. That, yeah. that he, and, that, and if they're in the championship game Saturday, by golly, you go, out and win it. go get them. If you're in the championship game, if you've already got a game, you might as well go win it. You yeah. know, then then it, you're playing Saturday, which you, also, you already have one extra day. That, you know, that game used to be on Sunday. So you got Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at least. So four days without a game. Yeah. I, you know, and I also think about, like, what if you only played them in the second half? You know, what, what if you sat those guys for the entire first half, see what's what? You know, you're down eight, you're tied, you're up three, whatever, and then you go try and win. I don't know. But you can't, you just, 
if they go through and Devon Dotson is averaging 36 minutes in three games in a row, like something, <laughs> and, something and, and limping off the court. <laughs> yeah, like that just can't that go can't, through the handshake line. That cannot be the outcome. But it really look seldom does it ever work out like this, where it's truly, literally, nothing to be gained. Nope. And so that really is a sort of a. That makes it a little of, bit. That makes it maybe a little bit different than yeah. the previous example. Yeah. Well, two things. Um, Texas Tech lost its first game in the Big Twelve tournament yep. last year yep. and went to the and took the national championship game to overtime. <laughs> but I cannot remember a year with Kansas an exit from the NCAA tournament short of the Final Four, which as a one seed, which in the Kansas world is you <laughs> know a disappointing season. And thought back, boy, if they just didn't win the Big 12 tournament that year, yeah. or if they just didn't play three games in three days, that never seems to be the reason, because there is that period of rest. Once you get into the NCAA tournament, the rest is unbelievable. I mean, you it's three or four days before yeah. you play your first game. It's, it's a day of rest in between games, another three or four, maybe five days, mm-hmm. you know, if you go from a Saturday to a, to a Friday. Um, so and, and notably, you just brought up the 08 tournament was the first one here, yep. and and Kansas won that. Right? They did. They, they, they beat Texas. Yeah, in the Mar- Blues. Yes, in the, the it was until last year the first time they'd worn a blue uniform in, in, a, in a conference tournament. Yeah, but but I look like I think I won't say we, but I tend to have a short memory with some of these things. Like that 08 team was pretty deep. You know, they, they had a lot of guys that it, could play it, on the Sharon team. Collins off the bench. <laughs> right. Um, this team, I'm, I'm just trying to think of a KU team in recent memory that not just relied on three guys as heavily as this one does, but not necessarily like limping into this point of the season, but it, it, each of their last three games, I think they looked gassed for stretches. Look, they won. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> what are we really talking about? But still, um, you know, and, and this is just – and look, I, I'd feel differently if, um, you know, getting a Saturday was the difference between a one or a two. You know what I mean? But it's just – it's just – it's irrelevant. It just really is other than a party. And I don't want to dismiss parties. No. Those are important nor, too. Nor should you. But I'll tell you what, the whole <laughs> – this gets kind of gets back to the whole notion of the value of a conference tournament to begin with. Totally. What, what are we doing? I mean, I think that's yeah. I think that's a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, there's an interesting case to be made. You know, it used to be the the holiday tournament, right? To, yep. to make it over Christmas, right? And that's that can be a bid, right? And then, and then you play for the regular season. I don't. Know, I, I think that's there's a case to be made for that. Wow, it's interesting thinking of it in terms of that being the bid at that time of year, though. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Wow. For for I think it was. Four years, the Big Eight had both the holiday tournament and the postseason yeah. tournament. Then the coaches got together and said, "What are we doing? You know, we're, we're playing teams four times four a year. Times, yeah. You know, let's so that, that's when the holiday tournament went away." So, okay, hey Sam Vahe, great catching up, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, boy. That'll do it for today. Thanks to producers and folks who helped put together this episode. That's Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode of Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.